to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be giving you some fantasy football sleepers for the 2020 NFL season. So sleepers are sort of different than values because sleepers are the guys that values um, don't necessarily have to be uh, very not well-known. Sleepers are based on the guys who are not really known about by many people and could have success under the radar. They are similar in some ways, but for sleepers, we tried to get more guys who are sort of at the end of fantasy drafts uh, that you can get later in fantasy drafts rather than at the start, just to mix it up a little mm-hmm. bit from values. And Chris is back this week. Chris is back from vacation. And Chris, I, it's good to have you back. Uh, Touchdown Kirk was a great host, of course, but it's nothing like having the same host back for another week. Yeah, it's good to be back. I mean, it was nice to get a break off away from Calvin. I mean, sometimes <laughs> he can be a little annoying. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, it was fun. It was it was a good vacation. And now I'm back and ready to talk some more fantasy. Yeah, um, Touchdown Kirk was way better than you. Like, a lot better. Really? Yeah. No, they, you were both great, obviously. But we'll get started. I was better. Just Calvin doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. So we will get started, and before we get to into our main segment for today, which is, of course, fantasy football sleepers, we will get started with a couple of news stories from around the league. And the first one, at the time we're recording this, uh, Dak Prescott has said that he intends to f- sign his franchise tag by the end of uh, Monday, which, and since it's the this podcast is going to be released on Monday, he will have signed it by the end of the day. So it's possible that when you're listening to this, he's already signed the tag. But right now, while we're recording, Dak Prescott has just said he intends to. So, Chris, I mean, this is basically just the same thing, but um, this is definitely good for the Cowboys to get some security, but I don't think it has really any short-term fantasy impacts for right now. Yeah, I think it was pretty obvious that Dak was going to get some kind of deal going into next year, but, I mean, we didn't really know what it was. It is strange because, for some reason, the the Cowboys are saying that Dak is insisting on a four-year deal rather than a five-year deal, so that must mean that maybe Dak – isn't necessarily going to be with the Cowboys long-term or he doesn't want to be with the Cowboys long-term. So something there could change and maybe in the next five or so years, we could see Dak on a different team. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily that Dak doesn't want to be with the Cowboys because he is signing his franchise tag after all. I just think that it's, he wants some more long-term flexibility and it's a a lot of the time it's weird with quarterbacks because you usually see quarterbacks wanting longer contracts, but it's kind of odd that we're seeing Dak wanting a shorter. I think it may be because the Cowboys are giving him less money per year. That would be my guess, but they're Mm -hmm. spreading it out over more years. That tends to entice players sometimes, but I guess it's not working on Dak. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. So next, our other news story for today, um, Debo Samuel has broken his foot and had surgery. He'll be out, I believe, like about 10 weeks, but should be ready for uh, week one, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. So, Chris, this is another one. It doesn't really have much fantasy impact. If Debo was to miss time, Brandon Ayuk would step in as the number one uh, 49ers' wide receiver. But other than inhibiting his uh, getting ready process a little bit, I think Debo should be fine for week one. Yeah, the, the really the only fantasy impact here is if Debo Samuel is out for week one. Like you said, Calvin, uh, he could be stopped from preparing that whole ready process, but I think for the most part, that's not going to impact him too much. The only way that this could really have any impact uh, fantasy and NFL-wise is if he misses week one, and that still is a possibility because sometimes with these injuries, you never really know what's going to happen. His bone might be healed, but he might just not be in that foot might just not be in like have the twitch muscles ready they might be a little tired and he might even if he does play week one that I wouldn't risk starting him because there's a chance that he does have just something wrong in his foot and he could tweak it in week one and you never really know so things could change definitely with that injury yeah I mean also with Debo he because of the strong receiver class this year I think he's outside of my top 24 and outside of yours I think as well for me he's a borderline top 30 receiver so there might not be any reason to start him in week one even in the first place Yeah, I have Debo even lower than you do, Calvin. I don't actually have him as a borderline top 30. I think he's more borderline top 35. I actually have at 39 on the backside of that that top 35. But I think that he does have some chance, and I think that he has some potential. But at the ADP he's going at right now, I don't think that he's going to be live up to what that is saying. I don't think that he's one of the top receivers in the league. I definitely don't think he's a wide receiver too, which in some leagues he's going as one. So he's just a guy to watch out for. Keep your eye on him throughout the offseason to see what goes on. And maybe if he's still out or something, he could fall in drafts. But for the most part, I think he's going to be going too early for my liking. Yeah, same here. I think Debo, re- with recency bias, uh, with his performance in the playoff in this, playoffs in the Super Bowl, people might inflate his value. And I think Chris and I may be fighting over him in the bust segment 
uh, next week for sure. So we will get started with our sleepers now. And so we've got, I've got three quarterbacks, four running backs, four wide receivers, and three tight ends each that we put together. And uh, this show is probably going to last about an hour. So we've got a pretty jam-packed show for you today. And Chris and I obviously go off on tangents a lot. So this should be fun. So for sleepers, we'll start with quarterbacks. So Chris, why don't you start off with your first quarterback sleeper for the 2020 fantasy season? Yeah, my first one's going to have to be Teddy Bridgewater. I think that this is an obvious one. I mean, coming to the Panthers, we saw how well he did with this under the with the Saints. I mean, he's got a good a good solid core of weapons in uh Carolina. He's got a good uh, check option. He's got a good guy to throw screen passes to in Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, he's probably the best pass catching running back in the NFL and NFL, and he is the best. I don't. I don't. I'm not going to say. NFL running back, but definitely fantasy running back. So that'll obviously help the quarterback. And then DJ Moore, who I like a lot at receiver. I think it all gives Teddy Bridgewater some sleeper potential. If he can, if he can play the way that he did with the Saints in that time when Drew Brees was out. Yeah, I agree. I think McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL, although it's close with Saquon Barkley. And my first sleeper is Carson Wentz. And I think Carson Wentz is a guy, he, you can't really get him in the late part of your draft, but if you're looking for a nice borderline QB1 and you're waiting on quarterback a lot, I think Wentz is a very good option. Wentz was able to keep his offense somewhat afloat last year, and now with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson returning from injury and the draft pick of former TCU wide receiver Jalen Raker in the first round of the NFL draft, um, I think the Eagles and Carson Wentz, I think that offense will take a step forward. And I think Wentz, who had a quietly good finish to last season, albeit with an easy schedule, I think Wentz will still be able to play uh, pretty well next year. And that's why I have him as a sleeper. If you're waiting on quarterback, I think then he's a good option. Chris, I don't think you like Wentz as much as me, but um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, where you I definitely him. do not like Wentz as much as you do, because I don't think that he's a very good borderline QB1 because there's so many better players available. I mean, they're going to be people like, Kurt Cousins and maybe even Matt Ryan and uh, what's his name? Ryan Tannehill, all players that I like more than uh, Carson Wentz. And I just don't think that the weapons are there yet. And I'm so worried about his injuries that I can't feel like trusting him as a QB one. Now, if he falls really deep in your draft and you get him as a solid QB two and you already have a nice QB one that, you know, isn't going to get injured, then I'm fine with it. But other than that, I think it's a really risky pick. And I just don't like his weapons that much. And his weapons are so injury-prone that anything could happen with them, and that could also hurt Carson Wentz. So there's just a ton of injury risk in that entire Eagles offense. So that worries me about drafting Carson. Yeah, Carson Wentz is one spot where we really disagree in quarterback because I just feel like Wentz's potential has not really been shown much because he's, his weapons have, a ha- have been so injury-prone. Um, mm-hmm. So, Chris, who's your next guy at quarterback? My next one at quarterback, I got to go with Matthew Stafford. And this is one that I've been I've been up and down about Matthew Stafford. But at the moment, I'm kind of up on him just because I feel like if he does stay healthy, then it's good. And the difference with Carson Wentz is if he is healthy, I still don't like him that much. But if Matthew Stafford is healthy, I love Matthew Stafford. So that's why I have him as a sleeper. And he's going much later than uh, Carson Wentz is. So I think that you can get him as a solid QB2. And then that makes him more of a sleeper to the point where I feel okay picking him because if I knew I know if he does get injured, then I still have my QB1. Okay, I mean, I do like Matthew Stafford. I think he's a QB1 if he stays on the field. But over the past couple of years, he's had nagging back injuries. And I see no reason for those to have gone away. So unfortunately, I feel like he's going to have another season where he plays the first half, then sits out the second. And that's obviously not good for fantasy success. The second half is when playoffs are. Um, also, yeah, I guess there have been more negative reports from the NFL coming out about coronavirus so we don't really know and this is sort of off topic but we don't really know if the season will start on time and it's looking less and less likely that that will happen it'll be it would be interesting to see a shortened fantasy season obviously it's not what people want but um a shortened fantasy season might have impacts for guys who like say Josh Allen who has a tough schedule after the bye like he would have a very tough schedule overall if the first four games got canceled so that could have impacts for QBs like that and I do like Allen next year that kind of would hurt me if I drafted him I'm actually not too worried about the NFL season starting like I think it's gonna start early that's I think early (laughs) I mean not early I I meant on time yeah no I think it's gonna start in uh, like now and next week uh, June 29th since this is releasing on June 22nd um that would be nice Okay, so uh, yeah, so that's your second guy. My second guy is Joe Burrow, who I feel, and he a lot of people know about him, 
but he's still a sleeper anyway, just because people underrate the Cincinnati Bengals' offense. I have Joe Burrow as my number 13 QB, but in mock drafts and in rankings, I see him as like a back-end QB2 in some spots, and that just shocks me because really, I'm not really excited about a lot of the mid-tier QB2s like Jimmy Garoppolo next year. So um, when you have those guys, Burrow, you just see so much more potential in him. And um, yeah, Chris, you have him, I think, a few spots lower, but I still think you would agree that Burrow's potential surpasses some of those guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and like Gardner Minshew. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. Yeah, totally. And I think that makes Burrow a sleeper because he's going in the range of people like uh, Garoppolo and uh, whatever whatever the other guy you said was. And I think that Mm -hmm. people are doubting him because he is a rookie. So I think that there's a good chance that he goes a little later and becomes a sleeper, even though he's the top rookie in the draft. So he's a good guy to look for towards the end and get his own backup QB that could possibly be really good. Yeah, I agree. I think he's – Chris and I both agree that I think he's a bit of a value in what mock drafts we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. I like him more than Chris does, but, yeah, he's a good guy to get, pick up. Um, Chris, your third guy is a guy that I think – Do you, I don't know if you have him in your rankings. I think we both have him as going undrafted, but I think he has potential. Yeah, he has potential because he have, has weapons, and that's Drew Locke because he has the addition of Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, and Jerry Judy. So he just has so many weapons if he can figure out, like, just how to be a solid enough quarterback to the point where he can have a team, he can hold a team with that has a solid offense that I think will be good because he has so many wide receiver weapons. No fan. I mean, he's a big boomer bust candidate. I'm going to say he's more on the bust side, but if he does boom, then Drew Locke is definitely going to be good. I mean – He's a huge sleeper because of the potential that that offense has. Not necessarily Drew Locke's potential as a player, but that offense's potential. Yeah, I would say Noah Fant's going to be a huge fantasy bust next year. It's going to be a race to see who talks about him next week. Um, When we were typing up our note sheet, um, Chris and I set up the format, and we basically just raced to type in guys. And, uh, I mean, it didn't turn out to be too much. Oh, go go ahead. Go ahead. There you go. Okay, I was just saying it didn't turn out to be too much of a problem because many of our sleepers are different, but I think a lot of busts that we have are the same. So we might be racing to say, see who gets to talk about Noah Fant next week as a bust. That'll be fun. But um, for this week, yeah. we've got... we, we always have to race because otherwise it just becomes like, <laughs> well, normally we just start typing it and like, I'll just randomly take one account and he'll be like, oh, and then this time I was like, let's just race. And so then we just... We both like set up our thing. We didn't go to our website to look at players or anything. And then we just started writing and just going to the website and just doing everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't start looking at players until after we started typing, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So then we got all our guys here. And uh, so, yeah, Chris, I guess you had Drew Locke as your third guy. My third guy is Baker Mayfield. And I think he's really one of the best post-hype candidates next year at quarterback because Baker Mayfield really busted for a lot of fantasy owners last year. But keep in mind, new tight end at Austin Hooper, new coach in Kevin Stefanski. I think Freddie Kitchens was a very bad head coach. Good, like, I guess he was an offensive coordinator before he became a head coach. Good coordinator, bad coach. And that happens with a lot of people like Jason Garrett. I would say, but um, yeah, just Kevin Stefanski, I think should provide some uh, fresh new wisdom into Baker Mayfield's head and he should have a bounce back season. Um, I also expect Odo Beckham Jr.'s targets to increase from last year because Freddie Kitchens was not utilizing him correctly at all. So um, yeah, Chris, I think I, I would say I probably like Mayfield more than you, but I'm not exactly sure your position on him. Oh, I actually, as I hear you talk about it, I like Baker Mayfield more. I kind of forget about the coaching change, and I do think that that'll really help him. So I'll agree with you. I think Baker Mayfield is a good sleeper. Oh, yeah. So as, as you hear me talk about him, maybe I'm convincing some uh, listeners too. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. So we go to running back. And uh, my top guy is like a borderline top 25. But Chris, first we'll start with you, who your top guy is like, a borderline top 40. I think you might have him a little higher, but I disagree on this one. I think we're going to have a fun debate. I don't, I think that you're disagreeing for a different reason. You think that I'm thinking that he's just going to get touches, but I think that he's a good guy because Alvin Kamara was a little shaken up last year. So I don't know if he's going to be fully recovered. And when Alvin Kamara has been out, Latavius Murray has been an absolute monster putting up basically practically RV one numbers when Alvin Kamara is out. And I still think that even if he doesn't, even if Alvin Kamara doesn't get injured, he's still a good sleeper because he has the chance to just pick up a touchdown here and there and be a replacement for a guy that maybe is on your that's injured or something or has a bye week if you're in a if you're in a pinch. So I think that he's a good guy to have on your team and he's just going a little late and he's the I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Calvin, and I know oh, you no. might disagree, but I'm gonna say he is the best handcuff. No, 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 no. 
No, I just don't see it there. I don't think see Kamara's injury risk that much. I mean, maybe I'm wrong because I mean, he, he was, was injured last season. Up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't have that long history like Dalvin Cook. I guess I might bump up Latavius Murray a little higher than I have him, but I feel like he doesn't have enough standalone value to be started unless Kamara's hurt. That's the problem. Um, mm-hmm. And the guy yeah, like Alexander I, Madison. I, I wouldn't necessarily say started, but like in a pinch towards the end of the season, Alvin Kamara was performing really badly. And at first I thought he was just doing bad, but I think it turned out it was – Oh, geez. The injury. But uh, I think that I think that even with Kamara there, he still has a chance to get a few touchdowns because he gets some red zone touches. And the Saints like to run him a little bit. I mean, there's some sets where they'll throw Alvin Kamara out into the backfield and they'll kind of use him as a decoy for a screen pass. And then they'll hand it right off to Latavius Murray, who goes up the middle. And he's Latavius Murray is a really strong player. I think on another team, he would do really well. And I'm surprised another team hasn't reached out to the Saints to try and sign him I think he's actually a really good player and really elusive so I think that just him being a good player and have being really talented gives him a chance to be good in fantasy I mean don't get me wrong I do like Latavius Murray I think he's a good player and I might move him up a couple spots just because Kamara was hurt last year but I think Alvin Kamara said he was fully healthy and he doesn't really have that history no he didn't he didn't say no he not last year I mean during the offseason Oh yeah, uh-huh. he said he was unhealthy. He said he was like seventy five percent last year yeah. for most of it. But um, I'm saying in, in the off season, I think he has fully recovered as of right now. Um, I've got Cam Akers as my first running back, and uh, he's a borderline top twenty five guy for me. I think Cam Akers is sort of he's not like a guy you can trust as your RB two right now. But I think I'm seeing him go in drafts after all the guys you can trust as an RB two, plus after maybe the occasional. Melvin Gordon, who I don't really like next year. So I think Cam Akers, he's at a reasonable spot for me. And I think I could you see him argue you, – I could see him arguably going a little higher because Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown will definitely compete with him for touches. But I think Daryl Henderson is not very talented. And you've heard this if you've listened to the podcast before. Um, and I think Malcolm Brown might be the bigger threat, threat than Daryl Henderson for touches, honestly, in uh, Los Angeles. The Rams want to use all three running backs. However, if Hander- Henderson starts averaging three yards per carry and Brown is a little inefficient too, we could see Akers, who they clearly like as dra- drafting him over da- J.K. Dobbins in the second round. We could see Akers really taking on the um, lion's share of those touches. Mm-hmm. And I think – yeah, Chris and I both share this bold prediction that Malcolm Brown may actually get more touches than Daryl Henderson next year because I think he's – we both think he's the more talented player. Yeah, I, I do. I think that Malcolm Brown is a more talented player. So for that reason, uh, Sean McVay is going to like him a little more and just give him some more touches. Yeah, I mean, they say there's going to be a three-headed monster there. But when Henderson starts getting four carries for – not four carries. When he starts getting like 10 carries for 29 yards, he's going to be gone in a heartbeat. And Akers mm-hmm. will be there. Um, I think Akers is a nice high upside pick. If, even if you don't like him as a sleeper, I think he's still at a good spot in various rankings that I've seen. But uh, yeah, I think he's a little guy who may fly under the radar next uh, mm-hmm. next year. And so now we'll go to Chris's next running back. So Chris, who's your next sleeper RB for next year? My next one is going to have to be Jordan Howard. And I think this is because Brian Flores is such a good coach. If Adam, oh gosh, oh no. Calvin, I just mentioned Adam Gase. No, we did it last week. We didn't mention Adam Gase at all with Touchdown oh. Kirk. Oh man, I was. I was we were looking that- at we were looking at the note sheet, and it was like, oh, there's no Jets players on here. Are we gonna manage to mention Adam Gase? Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and then I just it just came out of my mouth. It just spilled out of my mouth. I was gonna say that I think Brian Flores is a much better coach than someone like Adam Gase was with the Dolphins a few years ago, and I think that. Uh, Jordan Howard can be the number one running back in Miami, and I think that he can do a good job in that role on a Miami team that I think is improving every year and getting closer to playoff contention every single year. And I think that he's going to be at the forefront of that, along with Tua Tagovailo. I think that he's actually underrated. He had some good games with the Eagles, but for the most part they were playing Miles Sanders. So I think that he definitely has a lot of potential, and I think that he's going to go really undervalued in drafts just because he doesn't have that name recognition that other players do. Yeah, it's before the show started. I was like, when we were looking at the list, it's like no Jets players. Are we going to mention Adam Gase? We'll find a way, and we did find a way pretty early in the podcast too. But yeah, I mean, I share your optimism with Jordan Howard. I hope that for fantasy's sake, he's able to overtake Matt Breida. But it's possible also that they split into yeah. Here. That's um, and that's exactly why I have him as a sleeper because there's a chance that it doesn't work out. I mean, you never really know with these sleepers. But he's a guy that I would I'm willing to take a risk on, and I'm looking for him in my drafts a lot. Yeah, a good guy to risk later in your draft because there's a really a huge cliff that RBs fall off of. And Jordan Howard's going 
pretty late in drafts, mock drafts that I've seen, and his ranking is at a good spot for me to want him next year. And he's a high upside yep. pick too. Um, my next guy is Philip Lindsay, who isn't really that high upside, but the only reason I have him here is because Philip Lindsay's not going away from the Broncos. And as much as people want to believe that Melvin Gordon's the new running back, and I think people will during their drafts this summer, I think Philip Lindsay's still going to sneak away a few more carries than people expect. He may even get into a timeshare with Gordon near the end of the year because he's so efficient. Um, Chris, I know I think you Lindsay is a spot where we agree, and um, I think he'll take more touches than Melvin from Melvin Gordon than people think just because of his talent. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that Lindsay is really talented, and I think that Melvin Gordon, he's struggled with yards per carry his entire career, so I think that that could hurt him. And eventually maybe the uh, Broncos won't like that, and they'll decide to give Philip Lindsay some more touches. And even if um, Gordon is getting the majority of the running game touches, I think that it would be Lindsay still getting the passing touches. So I think that there's some good upside there. Yeah, I mean, Gordon's fine in the passing game, but he hasn't, with Austin Eckler over in Los Angeles, he hasn't had many touches there over the past couple of years. Um, yeah, so Lindsay, we, bo- we both like Lindsay, so we'll go to your third RB, Chris. So who is it? Yeah, my third. Coward does not like this one at all. And this is a really deep sleeper. Oh, really deep. Deep like, sleeper. Like not even top 80 or even top 100 for some, most people. It's Rex Burkhead. If you're in a 16-team league, consider him. <laughs> no, if you're in a 12-team league, you got to consider him. No, he's not top 60. In my rankings, he is. What? No way. Rex Burkhead, yes. No way. Wait, let me check this. Let me no offense, but no way. <laughs> Burkhead, uh, Burkhead, with Sony Michelle and James White, yes, he sneaks in a few touches here and there. Brady's gone now. Burkhead's not just going to be able to, to just run the ball and randomly just get no attention because Brady's getting all the attention. But Calvin, the thing is, I think that Burkhead Burkhead is going to take over for Sony Michelle. That's one of my bold predictions. He's going to take, eh. Actually, I, I because that. I, I, last year, I I will actually, let me, this is a good time. I want to look up Rex Burkhead's like fantasy scoring towards the end of the season because it was actually not that bad. Like I was surprised to find how good it was. And I actually had him on my team and I threw him in one week in a pinch and he actually did well. And so maybe I'm a little biased because he helped me win a, a week of fantasy, but I think that he's actually better than most people think. And literally no one knows who he is. So you're going to, you can basically find him or you can find him at with the last pick of the draft. I mean, no one's going to take him and he's just a really cheap sleeper that I really like. Like I just, I think that there's a lot of upside there and he's going to be one of those guys that you're just going to be like, wait, why is someone on that I'm playing at starting him? And then you're going to go check his scoreboard midway through the season. And you're just going to be like, Oh, he's been, doing surprisingly well like he's this guy's putting him in as a replacement because he's actually genuinely okay and I think that that's gonna how it's gonna work uh with Rex Burkhead Chris had a lot to get out on Rex Burkhead just spits it out all at once right there I mean you're sort of mm-hmm. convincing me though Chris I think Sony Michelle was pretty if inefficient last year um I don't yeah. know so Calvin, I just don't see it. it I don't think he's draftable though unfortunately yeah um, so in the last in the last three games he had or in the last standard four or? games, he had in a yes yeah, standard. He had an average of a four point uh, of uh, six six carries per game, and it, that was Whoa. growing as the season went on. But the thing that I'm most happy about with him is he was getting red zone touches. Like he had yeah, two touchdowns true. in his last three games. Okay, so I mean, that I, says something to me, and I think that if if you can find him in in the last round of your draft, he's worth a flyer. Well, I have him at number is, 56, number you, 56, by the way. Well, I also know that he had two touchdowns in his last four games because you didn't mention – otherwise you would have said he had three in his last four. So two and four doesn't sound as impressive. But, um, I mean, I sort of see yeah, what you more mean. Like, it's more like two in 13 games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Burkhead, I just feel like, isn't really draftable just because there's so much for, that has to happen for him to get good. In deeper leagues, maybe. But, um, yeah, he's a guy that if you want to pick him in the last pick of your draft, which I don't recommend, uh, you could definitely get him there. Chris is right about that. Um, I was kind of laughing at your joke that you can definitely get him at the end of the round. I mean, after people listen to this, they're going to be all over him. He's going to be going first round. Yeah, no, actually, because, yeah, no, actually, literally every fantasy player in the world listens to this podcast. So, oh, shoot. Wait, so that means all of these sleepers in my drafts are in Chris's draft. My, my and Chris's draft are just going to be not sleepers anymore. They're going to be like, uh, let's pick Philip Lindsay early. Maybe we should just overhype everyone and just be like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 
Philip Lindsay's uh, if we ever start a if we ever start a podcast league for listeners of the podcast if we grow it a little bit then maybe we should start like Mm. overhyping players and we'll be like oh my gosh like Ezekiel Elliott needs to go number one overall save Christian McCaffrey for like number five or number six you know yeah, we have to make a podcast just for our listeners, and we'll be like bonus content mm-hmm. or something. Oh yes, no, we give them bonus content, and then we're like, it's it's all bad. Then mm-hmm. the, then we'll That's lose. Genius. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, of course, we wouldn't genius do that. Gavin. But it would be fun to start a podcast listener league. If anyone's interested, if we get enough emails, we could consider it um, for this year. In fact, but um, mm-hmm. if you want to email us at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail we'd probably take like the first nine or ten people to go with Chris and I and maybe Touchdown Kirk, too, our website writer. Mm-hmm. Um, also, by the way, we mentioned standard scoring earlier, but we do ha- cover half PPR scoring. It's just that standard is often the default that pops up in places. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that yours is Burke, Rex Burkhead. My third RB is Alexander Madison. And the reason I have Alexander Madison, he's not really – I guess he's a sleeper. I think he's a sleeper because I've seen guys like Boston Scott and Latavius Murray ranked ahead of him. But Madison, I think, is the top handcuff, in my opinion, because Dalvin Cook is so injury prone. Let people say last year, Dal- oh, Dalvin Cook played most of the season, but they forget that. I mean, the only reason Madison didn't get production at the end of last season be- was because when Cook was hurt, he was hurt too. But Cook has not been able to stay healthy for a full season. And once he gets hurt, which I can pretty much say uh, will pr- most likely happen, Madison will step no. in. And he- I mean, not most likely, but like Madison could step in and be really productive because he's also talented too. That's and, yeah, Madison and, and is talented, but but I he's not gonna almost most likely step in. I think that it's yeah, that, very unlikely that he gets to step in and be that starter. Not very, like oh yeah, unlikely. Yeah, Mike Boone got to last year instead of him. That was really annoying. Mm-hmm. I had Madison in my league, and I was like, "Come on, get back! Why are you questionable? Why mm-hmm. why are you hurt? You should be healthy to help my fantasy team." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, that's one of those things. By the way, in fantasy. It's just you, you should not root for players to get hurt so that your backup can play. The only re- I mean, I, once Cook was once Cook was hurt, now I can be like Madison play because Cook is hurt. But don't be like Cook sprain ankle. Don't do mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, then you'll get bad. Then you'll have bad karma, and then you'll lose the, your next week's fantasy matchup. Sprain ankle, sir. Sprain your ankle right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess your last guy. I don't know why you have him behind Rex Burkhead. Is this because you like Keyshawn Vaughn? I didn't, less no, than Rex no, Burkhead? no, no. I just didn't <laughs> put them in chronological order because we were racing. So I just put whichever one came first, whichever one came came to mind first. It sounds like somebody didn't put a lot of thought into this. No, I'm joking. Well, I mean, obviously, I bet Chris has a ton of stuff to back up Keyshawn Vaughn. Well, but wait, hold on, time out. Loyal Ronald Jones supporter thinks Keyshawn Vaughn's a sleeper. What Kevin, is this? I told you, Kevin, I've told you this before. I think that Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn are both going to be good. Oh, I see. Okay. Because I think well, that they one. both have a chance. Like, if you can get Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, I think you're set. Because one of them is going to blow up next year. I'm telling you guys. Like, one of these Tampa Bay running backs is going to do really well. And at the moment, I'm sticking with Ronald Jones. But that's why Keyshawn Vaughn is a sleeper. Because I think he's a sleeper to take over a job that I think is going to produce a ton of fantasy points next year. Because Tom Brady isn't at the point in his career where he can throw on every down. I mean, they're going to have to develop a running game. And I think that people are going to be surprised by the volume of a running game that they have. So it's just, I really like Keyshawn Vaughn next year. Okay. Well, I don't under, I, I'm a little bit confused by why you like both. I mean, obviously the passing will go down in Tampa Bay because Jameis Winston threw more, so many passes. So the, they might see a carry uptick, but I don't really know. I don't see it for both of them, maybe for one. But I think both. Yeah, of that's them what are I'm going. saying. I think I I see it big for one. I just don't necessarily know for sure which one that is. So that's why I like Keyshawn Vaughn as a sleeper, just as much as I like Ronald Jones as a sleeper. But I think Ronald Jones is a little bit more well known, so that's why he's not on this list. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fair. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn was, I guess, a somewhat surprising third round pick for the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. My last guy is Adrian Peterson, and my boy Adrian Peterson has just been in the league year after year after year, and he's been for a couple years now putting in putting up. Uh, solid fantasy numbers when it hasn't really been expected. Uh, yes, the, the Redskins have Darius guys, Bryce Love and Antonio Gibson. But first off, here's the thing. The Redskins don't even really plan to use Gibson that much in his rookie year, like maybe in select packages and on special teams. But it also Bryce Love coming off like a torn ACL, I believe. Um, so that just leaves Geis and Peterson. Geis is very injury risky. And I'm not saying Love and uh, Love won't be involved. And I'm not saying Gibson won't be involved. But I just think that 
Geis and Peterson were splitting carries for a lot of last year. And once Geis went down, Peterson started taking a big workload and being relatively efficient. Like for his old age, he's been just above, I probably around like four yards per carry, I would say, maybe a little above that. And he's had some games where he played really well in fantasy. So I think Adrian Peterson, he's a guy, I feel like in rankings, it's not that he's been undervalued in rankings. But, like, in fantasy drafts and various – I just think he might be a little bit overlooked just because people have forgotten about him by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so we go to wide receiver. And um, I guess I'll start because – wait, Chris started running back, so I'll start wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. So my first guy is – guess who? You, you, you'll never guess. Well, Chris has the note sheet. Chris will guess. Alan Robinson. To, talking to the audience. Alan Robinson. Yes. My how, favorite, is, like Calvin. I know that you like Allen Robinson, but as as a player, but I don't understand how he's a sleeper. Because nobody cares. Nobody knows about him. Nobody cares. I mean, but he's still he's going ranked top. low in rankings, and then people tend to overlook him in drafts too, where he's like the he's last. He's going like top people. thirty though. Thirty wide receivers. I don't necessarily know if he's a sleeper. Maybe to like people that don't really do much fantasy he's a sleeper but for the most part i feel like he's not really a sleeper he's just a a value i'd say well that's kind of hard the, the hard thing about doing a podcast though because it's like are we talking to people who don't know anything about fantasy or are we talking to people who know like a lot and just want expert pro tips we can give both we can give expert pro tips don't get us wrong we are fantasy experts chris and i for sure mm-hmm. yeah no i mean i'm not even being sarcastic we are but um i think we can give it's hard to decide sometimes whether you want those expert pro tips like, I mean, it's possible a lot of you, if you our guys are listening and know a lot about fantasy, then you might be like, oh, Alan Robinson, he's, I, I value him fine. I value him the same as you. He's not really a sleeper. But we're talking about the beginners at fantasy as well. So th- those guys are important too. We, we got to sort of, I guess, spread the knowledge around to both. Um, mm-hmm. but, and of course, we'll give plenty of pro tips. But I think Alan Robinson is just generally a sleeper next year. He's going undervalued. He just seems to be left out of that wide receiver tier or maybe put at the last of the elites, which when he really shouldn't be because he's better than Chris DJ Moore. He is. No, and he's not. Yes, he is. His target share is – it doesn't really matter about quarterback because Mitchell Trubisky only has one player to throw to, and that's Allen Robinson. So he's going to get a great target share next year. And his production – he's got a really easy schedule for wide receivers. And his production, I believe, was climbing a little bit at the end of last year. But, yeah, Chris, I think he's better than DJ Moore. But it's just that the quarterback plays worse, and I feel like DJ Moore is going to get the same kind of target share that Allen Robinson will get. No, I think Allen Robinson is going to get more targets than DJ Moore. And DJ Moore is just overall a more talented player. Mm. That's why Allen Robinson was always like a number three receiver in in Chicago. What do you mean? No, he had that one year in Jacksonville where he was like the number one. Not really, but he's never been a big-name receiver because I don't think he's that talented. I don't know. I, I feel like he has, though. I mean, well, he's never been a big name because that's why he's a sleeper. You just proved my point. He's not yeah, a big but like, name. But the thing – okay, well, I guess I'm just saying that I don't think that he's a sleeper. I think that he's rightfully not known very well because I don't think he's going to do very well. I loved it in one of the mock drafts that we did when Allen Robinson slid so far that Chris had to take him. Chris, you, like, wanted to – you were, like, at the end of the third round or something. He slid really far. That was crazy yeah. to me. I mean – if if anyone really good slides that far, I'm gonna take him. But like, also, for the most part, that, like, I'm not taking him at his value. What was that like tapping noise that you made on like your table or whatever? The I mean, I'm gonna leave it in, what? but I'm gonna leave it in now that I noticed it. It was I'm not exactly sure what it was, but um, it's like it's like some little. That's gonna be your new podcast intro. Welcome to another edition of the Second Goal <laughs> Fantasy Podcast. Um, so, okay, Chris, who's your first? And yours first is way d- farther down in the rankings than mine, but I guess that's helpful for sleepers. I don't, I don't really know. My first is uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and I think that he's just going to do really well in that Saints offense, and I think that he's going to be a good guy for Drew Brees to look to. And just because that offense is so high-powered, I think that at his value, he could definitely be much better than what he's going at right now. Because, I mean – if he kind of holds a number two uh, receiver role behind Michael Thomas, I think that he could have an incredible amount of fantasy points next year. Because if you think about it with the Broncos, when he was a number two receiver, he was going higher than like, than he would now when he's with the saints and he has the opportunity to be a number two receiver 
And obviously you'd rather have a number two receiver on the Saints than on the Broncos. So I think that his value is much greater than what he's going at right now. And I think that he's a sleeper to be one of the top, maybe even a wide receiver too next year. Yeah, I agree. I just think that um, he's going to have a lot of competition for targets and that's why he's going so low. I still think he should be going higher than he is, but like with Jared Cook to steal red zone targets, obviously Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, who's set the record in like receptions um, for wide receivers or for anyone, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there might not be enough to go around for Emmanuel Sanders, but I do agree with him as a nice sleeper pick. I might have written him down if Chris hadn't got him first in our mm-hmm. uh, race, of course, <laughs> a race to write guys down. Mm-hmm. Um, so my second guy is Tyler Boyd, and um, Chris, I'm sure knew this one too. Uh, these Allen Robinson and Tyler Boyd, I talk about a lot. Obviously, I talk. I actually about don't Robinson. think I think Tyler Boyd is less of a sleeper. I don't. I don't. I don't particularly love Tyler Boyd next year. Well, you don't particularly love Allen Robinson next year, do you? Yeah. So, guys. Okay. Oh, by the way, I I have to type in my name on the the Zoom meeting, right? So, like, to get into the Zoom meeting, for some reason, it makes me name myself, and I made my name. Uh, Chris's fantasy rankings are are better than Calvin's, right? Yeah. And Calvin no. clicked the admit button. Yeah. No. He basically I hate admitted that. that my fantasy rankings are better. No, we were we had to do because guys keep, actually he actually admitted that Isn't things that kept getting screwed up and so we had to go At into like he understands you know we had to k- go into like several different Zoom meetings and each time it was like Chris is superior Chris's fantasy rankings are better no in the first time it happened because I don't think Chris knew about the admit thing so it was like Chris's fantasy rankings are better than Calvin's and I saw admit and I was just like what no the, wait the first thing you said was Darius Slayton is a top thirty fantasy wide receiver. That's what you said mm-hmm. first. And then you were like, Chris's fantasy rankings are better than Calvin's because we had to get into a bunch of different Zoom meetings. So Calvin admitted all those things. So basically he, what he's saying is that Chris's rankings are better. I'm just here to stir up some debate. The last thing I admitted is Chris is good. So. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I ran out of name ideas. Uh, but for me, Tyler Boyd, I feel like the Bengals offense is underrated. Joe Burrow will have a nice first year in the NFL. And Boyd will settle into a nice wide receiver two role where AJ Green will take some pressure off him. Um, and I think there's not really much competition for targets outside of that, uh, besides mm-hmm. Joe Mixon. So, yeah, I think that Tyler Boyd will do very well next year. Yeah, my second receiver is Michael Pittman. I think that uh, he's going to be a really good asset for uh, Philip Rivers. And I actually like both Indianapolis uh, receivers this year. T.Y. Hilton and I <laughs> is my number. I, yeah. Calvin, wow. wait, Calvin, wow. do you want to just do a quick little debate here? Where do you have T.Y. Hilton? On like 32 look, or something. Check your rankings. Or uh, here, I'll check your rankings. I'll you. check. I'll check them. It's okay. I will look them up on my phony phone. It's okay. I got it. I got it. No, I'll, I'll get to there you first. You have T.Y. Hilton at number 32. Let's go. I guessed it right. All right. I mean, I, I know my rankings. Do you want to know where I have T.Y. Hilton? Is it top 24? 20. Oh, no, 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 no. It's like that time. It's like that nightmare when you were like, I was like, you have Darius Slayton at like 26. And you're like, yeah, I need to move him up. I, that was so annoying. I hated that. Oh, my gosh. D.Y. Hilton is at 20. 20. Yeah, because I think that Philip Rivers is going to bring him good value. And if he stays healthy, he's going to be even How better than 20. How far Rivers throw right now? I don't know. I don't keep track of Phil. I don't watch Philip Rivers throw and count down how many yards he's throwing. Yeah, you don't each year. watch Philip Rivers throw because he's bad at throwing. Calvin, he's bad now. Michael he Pittman is, is gonna have huge value because I think that he's gonna serve kind of a yeah, like a a sixty forty sort of split for the top two with a uh, him and T Y Hilton, and I think that they're both gonna have incredible value because Philip Rivers is gonna surprise a lot of people and have a really good year. No, after his atrocious year last year, he's gonna surprise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think he has a much better team. That's my reason, and they have uh, the easy schedule okay. in the NFL. Okay, that's true. But I'm, I think Pittman's gonna do a lot better than Ty, just because Ty has injury risk. The deep targets may not be there with Rivers's uh, declining arm strength, and I think Rivers will want to go to Pittman and Jack Doyle, who because he likes to throw to tight end. Um, him and Sam Darnold really like to throw to tight ends. Uh, speaking of Sam Darnold, Adam Gase, but no. Um, he likes to throw to tight ends. He'll throw to Jack Doyle a lot. Um, so I think there might not be many targets left for T.Y. And the Colts, because they don't have a great offense, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack will take targets too, and they may not have the best time of possession for T.Y. to get many deep opportunities. So I don't no really like This T.Y. just came in. This is an interesting piece of news for all the Giants fans. Ole Miss is retiring Eli Manning's jersey. Is that well-deserved, Calvin? Um, I would assume he played very well in college because he made it to the NFL. I think that's well-deserved. 
Yep. Okay. We agree. Basically, Eli Manning is like one of the best quarterbacks of all time. No, he shouldn't be in the Hall. Actually, he should be in the Hall of oh, Fame. He beat Tom Brady question. in the Super Bowl twice. Guys, e- email us at Fantasy. The easiest question if Tom Brady, or I mean, if Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. No, but he had like one, like, he didn't have a great year. He really. won two Super Bowls against Tom Brady. Yeah, he, that wasn't a great year. He wasn't playing well those years. I mean, he was playing fine, but like. He won a Super Bowl. How could he have not been playing well? He played well in the Super Bowl. Yeah, now, he I, led his team debate. to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'm having, I'm just undecided on Eli Manning right now, but I feel like. If you want to email us at secondgoalfantasy at gmail.com about if you think Eli Manning should be in the Hall of Fame, we might uh, talk about that. Oh, also, I just realized we keep forgetting to re- read that review we just got. We've forgotten for, like, three straight episodes now. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. You want to do that? Um, yeah, actually, okay. let me pull it up right now. But for I think um, we can read it right now. It's kind of weird that we're reading it in the middle of the episode, but I think it's fine. Um, so let's read it. Um, but what were you talking about? Eli Manning. I'm undecided. It's just, I feel like he didn't have that great of a career before the, besides the two Super Bowls. That was just, it's going to be a tough decision. And it might set a lot of precedent for Hall of Famers in, future, in the future because it's deciding how important Super Bowls are. So, okay, yeah, I got the review right here. You want me to read it? Uh, sure. Comes in from number one, cuz. Yeah, number one, cuz. <laughs> yes. It's, it's titled. Truly amazing. By the way, this is on Apple Podcasts. You guys can review us on Apple, Spotify, Google, any of the major podcasting platforms. I don't know how as well to review some of the smaller on ones. You can also <laughs> just follow us. That's much appreciated. And then we have also a sportscaster thing. Follow us on that. That's fun. So okay, uh, well, we have to tell yeah. them how to spell it now. Here it's is sportscaster the- is S P O R T S C A S T R. Um, if you download that app or go to S P O R tscastr.com slash sg sports talk you can find us you can also find our channel by searching sg sports talk and then clicking channels um but yeah we'll tell you more about that at the end of the show but mm-hmm. just that we have solo live streams we have a live show weekly and we have play-by-play so we basically have everything on okay show. so Play-by-play here golf. is the review the review from number one cuz uh on june 2nd so we're a little late on reading it <laughs> it's in t- it's titled truly amazing five stars it says this is my favorite sports podcast with an extreme depth of fantasy information. Bada boom, bada bang, bada boom. Thank you. Um, thank you for the review. If you're listening, much number one, because much appreciated. Um, yeah. So basically, again, find our live show. We've done some golf broadcasts already. I've done some play-by-play broadcasts of that. But anyway, we'll get back to the um, episode after reading that very kind review. We appreciate it. Make sure to review us if you can or want to. You should definitely want to. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then just, so yeah, I guess, Chris, you talked about Michael Pittman. So we'll go to my third and it's John Brown and John Brown has sort of become an afterthought with Stefan Diggs heading to Buffalo, but I don't know if Stefan Diggs, target share will really be there. Yes. He has had the That's chance to work out. What? I disagree with that. I think that Stefan Diggs is going to have a huge target share and John Brown is going to left, get left to the, the ocean side. And no, but I mean, they've worked out together, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, but Stefan Diggs is more of a deep threat, and Josh Allen is one of the least accurate passers throwing deep and one of the least accurate passers in general. I think he's going to be way more content to settle with John Brown. And John Brown was like wide receiver 20 and half PPR last year. So I'm fine saying that he'll be a top 40 guy. And I think I have him a spot ahead of, or spot or two ahead of Darius Slayton because I feel like he has that, he'll, he just has that nice floor with Josh Allen. And I see him, I feel like he's ranked a little too low in rankings. I don't know if he's ranked at borderline top 40, but I don't, even if he is, I think that fantasy owners may forget about him be, remembering that Stefan Diggs uh, came to Buffalo. So, Chris, why don't you say why you think Stefan Diggs will do well? Uh, I think he'll do well because I think that uh, he's more talented than John Brown. I think that uh, Josh Allen hasn't really had that number one receiver, and I think that Stefan Diggs is going to step in and be that role. And I think that Stefan Diggs was the number one receiver in uh, Minnesota before Adam Thielen came in, and I think that that's going to kind of be the way that it is, except uh, Stefan Diggs is going to be number one and John Brown is going to be number two. And I think that Josh Allen has been working on his accuracy, and I know he was a lot more accurate, accurate last year than he was in his rookie year. So I think there's a, that there's a lot of potential there for uh, Stefan Diggs to have some huge games because he's just such a good receiver, and he's a really good deep threat. And you say he might just only be a deep threat, but I think that he can play a shorter game too. I think that he can be an all-around kind of – workhorse receiver so that's why i like him way more than john brown and i actually think that john brown is going to be awful next year oh what no i think john brown even if stefan Diggs gets targets uh, john brown's not going away 
I mean, this is the spot that Chris hates most. Then you most. also have to deal with Cole Beasley, who started to chip into John Brown's workload. Yeah, that's why I have Cole Beasley. Do I have Cole Beasley in my rankings? I don't, but he's like right outside of my top 60. Um, Chris, this is the part of my rankings you probably hate the most. Ready? Uh, number 31 is Stefan Diggs. Or let's start with 29. 29 is Debo Samuel. 30 is AJ Green. Yeah. 31 is Stefan Diggs. 32 is T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Michael Gallup yeah. at 33. Justin okay. Jefferson at 34. Jerry Judy okay. at 35. Um, okay. Marvin Jones at 36. CeeDee okay. Lamb at 37. John Brown at 38. Uh-huh. Alshon Jeffrey at 39. Um, John Brown at 38 is okay. Yeah, I mean, well, wait. I, I you said he's going to be awful low, next year. Yeah, but I mean, I still think that he's number 38. All, 38 uh, is not super- awful. Because I've, I've got John Brown, I've him at forty-two. I just have him below, like people like Emmanuel Sanders, Julian Edelman, Michael Pittman, C.D. Lamb. Like I have, him I have below. A, wait, him. where do you have Julian Edelman? Thirty-nine. I have him at twenty-six. His target share is not. I feel like we're having a lot of debates on this episode, but his target share is not going away. But I didn't even get to finish my rankings. Uh, thirty-nine is Alshon Jeffrey, and guess who's at forty? Darius Slayton. Oh, no. Darius Slayton. I, I just I, I have I can't even do any more explaining. I just can't wait till the season when Darius Slayton breaks out and Calvin is just like, oh, you were right, Chris. You only have Darius Slayton at twenty nine, Chris. Aren't you gonna move him up ahead of DJ Chark? Oh my gosh, who you I have at twenty eight for some reason? I don't I don't like DJ Chark that much. Just in. Oh, okay. I, don't think he's that good. I mean, the other thing is Adam Thielen Actually, at number I'm gonna, eleven. I'm gonna swap him with a. AJ Green, who I have it. We're going to have a lot of wide receiver debates next year. I think running back, we're more centered on. Wide receiver, there's a ton of guys we disagree on. Darius Slayton, John Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Julian Edelman, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. The list goes on and on. Okay, Calvin has Adam Thielen way too low. No, I was going to move him up, but I just like the guys ahead of him more. He's at, I have him at number 11. I have him at 24, behind Tyler Boyd. You think that Tyler Boyd, the number two Adam receiver so much for a rookie receiver. quarterback, is go- is going to be better than Adam Thielen? Wait, should I move Julian Edelman ahead? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I won't move him ahead. Thielen, I think 24 Cal- is a fair spot. Cal- you got DK. How, how, the number two receiver for a team with a terrible offensive line and a rookie quarterback is better than the number one receiver for Kurt, for Kurt Cousins with a with really a run-heavy good- offense and an injury-prone history. Adam Thielen is not that injury prone. Yeah, he is. He got hurt last year. He's gotten hurt before that. But he had like one Calvin, insane season. No, he didn't. Last year, he was much better than 24. Oh, yeah. I think we looked at some consensus rankings and saw that Thielen was like ranked really high. But I really just disagree. Um, yeah, Thielen was – oh, yeah, Thielen – you're right. Thielen was injured for um, the end of the season. But like, mm-hmm. I still think that he's going to be one of the top guys. Just He's so good. Yeah, so you're so good and he's so good. He gets so many targets when he plays. You know who's also so good? Wait, I'm trying to make a point. Darius Slayton, but yeah, he's not going to get very many targets. Before he got injured, Calvin, these are his games 11, 10, 19, 1.6. He had a bad week. 28.5, 14.7, and 9. That's all right. Is that in half PPR? Uh, let me see. Might be in. I bet it's in full PPR. No, it's all right. Uh, what? Oh yeah, it's in half PPR. Okay. I mean, that's all right. That's like he had like a couple. He had like, almost. That's a, almost that an average of fifty. He had points. one explosion game, like three, three or four bad games, and one decent. I mean, not bad, no, but like not three or four bad games. But his target share is not really 9, there. Like his good games were eleven point eight, ten, nineteen point one, twenty eight point five, and fourteen point seven. His only really bad one was one point six. Mm, so, I, don't know. I think that he's he's better than twenty four at least. Maybe I he's got he got really lucky with touchdowns though. Keep that in mind. He got really lucky with touchdowns for a while there. He he really did. I mean, he, it's it's like Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton's talented, but his targets aren't really there. So that's why I have Darius Slayton lower. So I mean, I, I don't I don't really know. It's, Where do you have Cortland Sutton, Calvin? Um, Cortland Sutton. Let me go see. Wait, I just went out of the tab for some reason. We're getting really off topic, but that's okay. It's fun. Um, Cortland Sutton. Let me go see where I have him. Let's go. Oh, by the way, if you want to check out our rankings and articles, go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, number 18. You're telling me that Cortland Sutton is better than Adam Thielen? Yes! Where do you have Cortland Sutton? 
21. Oh, okay. That's, that's, I guess that's fair. But, um, yes, Cortland Sutton's better than Thielen? Do you have Calvin Ridley better than Adam Thielen? Yeah. Cal- haven't you Calvin heard? Ridley, Calvin Ridley, the number player. two receiver behind Julio Jones. He's better he, than Adam Thielen. Yeah, he is. Do you have Robert, where do you have Robert Woods? Hi, oh man, you're going to be mad. Wait, okay, Calvin, Robert Woods. You're telling me that you Robert would rather Woods have Robert good. Woods. You'd, you'd rather have Robert Woods on your fantasy team than Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. Uh, uh, would I you mean, rather have Tyler Lockett or Adam Thielen? Tyler Lockett. Oh gosh, oh gosh, Calvin, are you okay? I'd rather have DK too. Calvin! DJ Chark, Calvin. I'd rather have. Tyler Boyd, rather uh, have. DJ Chark? I mean, maybe not Tyler Boyd, maybe. But that's only, yeah. well, I mean, ADP makes it so that I can draft Tyler Boyd later so I can get a both. I don't really have to worry about that. Calvin, on the consensus rankings, Adam Thielen was like number 12. Yeah, but the lowest was like lower than mine, I'm pretty sure. No, the lowest was like 24. I moved him ahead of well, – I feel like I moved him up one spot the last time we talked about this. I don't know if I had him behind Juju. That's probably Calvin, a little ridiculous. Um, Juju's off. Well, he's not awful. But I have Juju at 17, so. I have, I have him at 25. 17. Juju's behind Thielen. That I, I got think Edelman he can rebound a little. But anyways, back to the show. Uh, my third sleeper at wide receiver is Jarvis Landry. And this isn't really a sleeper. I think it kind of goes along with that Tyler Boyd kind of guy that I think that just some people don't really think about. And they don't they think of Odo Beckham when they think of that Browns offense. But I really think the main man to watch there is uh, Jarvis Landry because he has more potential. Actually, I won't say the main guy to watch. I think that Odo Beckham is still going to be better. But I think that uh, Jarvis Landry is also going to have a really good season because even when Baker Mayfield was struggling last year, he was still putting up solid fantasy numbers. And I think that he'll continue that next year. Yeah, I think he will continue that, but I don't know if he's a sleeper because people have seen what he can do. I think he usually does better than his average draft position, though, so I think he's sort Mm -hmm. of a sleeper. Um, I've got Alshon Jeffrey as my last guy, and I'm hoping Alshon Jeffrey is okay for week one in fantasy football. Um, If the season gets delayed, he will be, but um, the Eagles have big plans for Alshon Jeffrey. I believe they plan to use him as the centerpiece of the offense, and that's a pretty nice offense there with Carson Wentz at quarterback and Miles Sanders at running back, so I think that Alshon Jeffrey will get some space and be able to produce like he did earlier in his career, like a good fantasy wide receiver, so that's why I think he's a good value, and um, yeah, so that's it for wide receiver. Actually, Chris, you've got one more wide receiver. Yeah, that's Marvin Jones. And there's not much to say with Marvin Jones. I think that I think that Matthew Stafford is going to rebound. And uh, Matthew Stafford enjoys throwing to uh, Marvin Jones in the red zone. So I think that that could lead to some good touchdowns for Marvin Jones. And if Kenny Galladay doesn't live up to the hype, I think that Marvin Jones could do even better. So overall, he's just a good sleeper, a good guy to look for in the later part of your draft. Yeah, so that's now that's it for wide receiver. Marvin Jones is a guy that always gets forgotten about, too. He doesn't put up elite fantasy numbers, but he's very consistent. And occasionally mm-hmm. he yeah. has a blow-up game. I think last year he had a game with, like, four touchdowns. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll go to tight end before we wrap this up. And, Chris, your first sl- guy as a sleeper, I used to agree with, but I don't now. I have him as Austin Hooper because he's going so late in the draft. Like, normally I don't think – I thought that it was normal to have him, like, what I – a little bit higher than what I had him at. But then when I saw him going, like, in crazy places, I'm like, whoa, this guy's a sleeper. I don't think he's going to be, like, a huge guy, but I think he's way better than his value is right now just because I think that there's just a huge blow-up chance because we've seen him be a really talented tight end with the Falcons. So I think that'll stay. But I – if Baker Mayfield does well, and Calvin, you had Baker Mayfield as a sleeper – I think that uh, Austin Hooper is definitely going to be the number one tight end there, and that means Austin Hooper can do super well. So overall, there's just a lot of boom uh, chance for Austin Hooper next year. I just feel like for Hooper, he's around guys like Gesicki and Mike Gesicki and Hayden Hurst, and I might even have Gesicki ahead of Hooper. Um, I yeah, like Gesicki and Hurst. So, mm-hmm. I'm, and that's what I'm saying. I, I don't, I don't like Hurst. I don't, I don't like Hurst. You don't like Hurst? Oh, right. We're going to talk about that next week. That's going to be – or this week. That's going to be a big debate once I bring him up for sleepers later. My first sleeper is Dallas Goddard, who is clearly going to – he gets more targets than people think. He's going to get into a 50-50 split or close to it with Zach Ertz next year. And Zach Ertz fantasy owners are going to end up very frustrated just because Goddard's very talented. I mean, yes, the Eagles get more weapons back, so Goddard's target share will decrease. But where I've been seeing him ranked a lot, um, he's – a guy that I've seen ranked in a mid-tier tight end too, or maybe even a little bit worse, a little bit way back in your drafts. Like I've been seeing him around the 150 overall range um, in some places. So I think Goddard is a guy that can be a nice value and a nice sleeper for next year. Chris, we'll go to you for your second. 
Yeah, my second is going to have to be, and Calvin's going to be mad when he hears this, Mike Kosicki, because I know Calvin loves to talk about Mike, talk about Mike Kosicki, but I yeah. think that Mike Kosicki is going to be even better than people expect. I think he's going to be so good next year. And I just think that he's going to – he really fits into that offense, and towards the end of the year we saw him getting a lot more use, and I think that he's he's – he gets a lot of touches, and he also gets so many red zone touches. Like, he was putting up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. So I think that that's going to really help him next year. And I think that he's a guy that no one really knows about that's going to do really well all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, people know about Kosicki, but I agree with you that he's a sleeper. He's got so much talent, and he really started emerging late last year. Um, also, so my second guy is Hayden Hurst, like we talked about earlier. And I think Hayden Hurst could fill the role of a guy like Austin Hooper in Atlanta with the Falcons. Matt Ryan will be looking to him. Um, I believe uh, there's only really uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones to compete for targets. So I think Hayden Hurst hasn't really gotten a chance to shine. He didn't get a chance in Baltimore. So I think he'll do pretty well in uh, Atlanta. Chris, I'm not really sure why you disagree with this. Yeah, I just uh, – actually, the more you talk about him, the more – I didn't, I forgot that he was going to Atlanta, actually. Really, yeah, he is. Section. So um, that actually makes me feel a little bit more comfortable taking him. But, yeah, I just – I he's not I don't like him as much because he's going into a new role and I don't think that he's just as good as I don't think he's as good as Austin Hooper is so I don't think that he'll be able to put as many up as many fantasy points and I don't think that Matt Ryan loves to throw to tight ends there and it's a little bit crowded too so that just all worries me a little bit so I have him at 16 which isn't crazy I don't think but it's up for to be um I think it's not crazy but it is I think I have him higher like 14 or something um, so it's not crazy low for me. Chris, your third is uh, Will Disley. And I don't even, I think I have Will Disley going undrafted, but he's pretty close, I would say. I have Will Disley at number 23, which I think that's, you can agree with that for the most part, right? Like, yeah, for the right most towards part. Towards the end of the, of the bottom 24. Just because we saw he was the third best tight end, I think, or maybe even the best before he got injured at the at last season. And he was so good under Russell Wilson. He was getting an insane amount of targets. And towards the end of the year, I mean, Jacob Hollis are starting doing well, but he wasn't putting up the production that Will Disley was. So now with Will Disley back, I think that he could be really good. And he's a deep sleeper. He's a guy that if I don't have a second tight end and I just need someone in the last round, I'm definitely getting Will Disley because he has top he has top three or even he has even top three potential. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I mean, Greg Olson's going over there. And yes, Greg Olson, actually, I think you're sort of convincing me. I might put him in at number 24 instead of Chris Herndon, who I don't really like next year. I think Will Disley has a chance to overtake um, overtake Olson. Olson may get hurt as well. So Will Disley may be pretty productive. He's a guy that you can get. I think I'll put him at number 24 um, right after the show. Um, so yeah, I think that's fair. And my last guy is Kyle Rudolph, who I have as about a mid-tier tight end too, just p- purely because of his floor. If you want a plug-and-play guy who will get you, like, a decent floor, mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph is it. He'll get some touchdowns. Yeah, totally he won't agree. be completely overtaken by Irv Smith. And people, because he doesn't have uh, – because Kyle Rudolph doesn't have the ceiling of some other tight ends, people sort of disregard him. But he's a guy you can find in the last round of your draft who could pay off way more than that. So if you, like, need a guy in the last round, Kyle Rudolph would be a good option for a safe floor if you have a boomer bust tight end. You could, in an emergency, you could put him in and get – Prediction that's not too far from the back end tight end one range week week to week. I I wouldn't say too far from the back end tight end one one range. I'd say more towards the the a little bit under average for uh maybe a little bit below mid tier uh tight end two. I'm at twenty one, which might be a little bit low, but I just like some guys better. I just don't think that he's gonna be very good. At, I mean, I think that he's gonna have too much competition with Herb Smith to have him as one of my sleepers, but I do agree that he has a very safe floor and you can trust that he's going to get a few catches over the season and a few touchdowns. So for that reason, I kind of agree with you and I kind of disagree. Yeah. I need to see if uh, Kyle, where Kyle Rudolph is in my rankings. Um, That's it for the show today. Uh, Chris, I guess, yeah, you got, went through all your tight ends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's it for the show today. Thanks for downloading and listening as always. Make sure to keep downloading and listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, and tune in, make sure to rate and review us on Apple and we'll read the reviews. Um, also, if you have questions about fantasy football, email us at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Um, that's secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Go to our website, sites.google.com slash view slash secondandgoalfantasy um, for some fantasy rankings and articles. Um, is, I guess there's some, Oh, I forgot. Uh, if you want to watch our live show for solo live streams, 
weekly live sh- sports talk shows and play-by-play streams, you can go to sportscastr.com slash talk or download the Sportscaster app the way I spelled it. Uh, go well, Once you download it, click into the app, click, uh, make an account or click continue without signing in. Click the magnifying glass at the bottom. Search SG Sports Talk and click on channels. Um, a quick tutorial there on how to use the app. But um, yeah, thanks guys for listening. Chris, anything you want to add before we go? Not really. It was a fun episode. Yeah, it was a really fun episode. Lots of debates. Um, it's good. Chris is back again. It's good to have you back, Chris. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's going to be fun next week. We're going to be talking about bus next week. And we'll see you guys next time.